Hello, I'm Mike DiPietro and this is Friends in Faith. Today's series of talks is on prayer and my talk is particularly on the Lord's Prayer. We all know the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as, as, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. You all are very familiar with it. But this is a paradigm. This, you don't think that Jesus said, here's the prayer, memorize it, and then go do it. No, every single sentence, every line, every word is a teaching unto itself. And we don't have 10 hours to go over the, every line and every word, but I'm going to go over, over a brief overview of the prayer. Let's start with the very first word, our Father. Actually, it doesn't say our Father. If you go look at the Greek, it actually says Abba. Abba is not the word for Father in Hebrew or in Greek. Abba is, a, is an Aramaic term that is loosely translated Daddy or Papa, something very intimate. This was astounding to the people of that time. To utter the word of God, Yahweh, was blasphemy, not just a low blasphemy, the highest of all blasphemies. When Jesus, Jesus himself did it a number of times in the Gospels, and the response was they tried to stone him. That was the penalty for saying the word Yahweh. And suddenly he's saying, no, Yahweh, this, this sovereign God who created the heavens and the universe, this, this sovereign God is now Abba. He's my intimate father, my daddy, my papa. And that's how we have to start. When you go to have prayer, you first have to establish your relationship with him. Your relationship with him is a child before God the Father who wants to give you all good things. He is, he is the good shepherd. He knows the number of hairs in your head. He's, he knows your name. He cares about you. He died for you. If we don't have this relationship with him in our heart, we don't experience that intimacy. Our prayer is, from the very beginning, not as efficacious as it should be. So when you start, start saying, Our Father, ponder it and, and reset your heart and your mind and say, Daddy, Papa, thank you. Think about it. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe, he could have come in so many different ways to come to this planet. He chose to come in a manger, in a manger. The, God of, the, the great God just revealed himself as a little baby in a manger. How humble, how, how intimate. What does that say about his love for us? What does that say about how he cares about us? So start with that. It's that, that our father is daddy. The next seven verses can be broken up into two basic parts. The next three verses are about prayers where we're praying for God, to God. It's on his behalf. And the last four prayer verses are petitions on our behalf. So if you look at the next three verses, it starts off with, Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Read Psalm 100. Here, I have it here in front of me. But I would like you to actually pull it out and read it as a group. Shout to the joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are the people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. The first place, the first thing we do when we go to prayer is to worship him. Give him thanks and praise. 
We don't come to him immediately and say, God, I need this. God, take care of this. God, I'm feeling this. You as St. Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances. We are to praise him and thank him and give, and give glory to him. That's how we start. Hallowed be thy name. That's what Jesus teaches. We start with giving praise and honor to him and recognize our relationship with him. Hallowed be thy, thy kingdom come. The great commission in Matthew. Go, therefore, into all the world, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. When you get confirmed, you become a soldier of Christ. You get empowered by the Holy Spirit to further what? The kingdom of God. Our purpose here on this earth is to further the kingdom of God. And to do that, we have to be submitted to him. And we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. But that it's, Jesus is telling us to pray with him to further the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That goes in, one cannot go without the other. I cannot further the kingdom of God if I don't have the will of God in my heart and trying to live it out. Jesus said, daily you must pick up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. So when I go before the Lord on prayer, I worship him, I give him thanks and praise, I pray for the kingdom of God to be spread in this dark world that we live in today where those, that prayer is so needed that he would take control of the world that we live in and not just the world outside in our neighborhood, the world within our, in our homes, the world within our neighborhood, the world in our marketplace, the world in our office. We want the kingdom of God to be spread in all those places. That's our job. That's why we exist as a laity. And then I turn to myself. My, may, the, may your will be done in me as it is in heaven. My, I want to bow before you, I want to worship you, and I want to submit my will to you. Before I ask God to do things for me, I first ask myself to submit to his will. And when we have that mindset, then the petitions we give will be in accordance to God's will. That gets to the next four verses. Give us a stay, our daily bread. What an amazing passage that is. It does, and then when you read that and you hear that, you're thinking, yeah, give us this day our daily needs to survive, to get through. And it does mean that, but that's not really what it means. There's a deeper sense. In Luke, it says, give us this day our daily bread, comma, and then it, 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 it issues a new word never before written. The apostles invented the word, epiousios which literally translated means the super being. That God, and they're talking about the Eucharist. They're talking about the bread of God in mass. They're talking about that Jesus comes as a super being to come into our heart and lives. Like if you recall in the temptation of Jesus in the desert and Satan asked Jesus to turn the stones into bread, and, said, and Jesus replied, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word from the, from the mouth of God. We are to be sustained by the word of God in our hearts and by the bread of God that we receive in the Eucharist. The word epiousios doesn't show up anywhere else in Greek. It was invented, as I said before, by the apostles. It is repeated by all the church fathers, all the major church fathers. It's an amazing statement. You know, they clearly believed from the very beginning that the Eucharist was the real presence of God, the body and blood of Christ, was given to us to, in order to nourish our spirit and our soul in order so that we can conform to his will and become new beings in Christ.
So give us our daily bread. It has a double entendre, both for our immediate needs, but most important, our spiritual needs. And forgive us our sins. Yes, we need, we, this is the time you come before God and you say, forgive us, Lord, of our sins. You should have every day, in my opinion, before you go to bed at night, you should recollect what you went through during the day and ask God for forgiveness of your sins. And this is the time when we, we kneel before him and ask for repentance. And he will always forgive us. Give, forgive us. No, it doesn't matter how many times you do it. He takes our sins, he says, he separates them as far as the east is from the west, and he casts them into the lake of forgetfulness, according to Isaiah. And lead us not into temptation. Isn't that an interesting passage? Does God lead us into temptation? Yes. Look at the book of Job. Job, if you don't know the story of Job, and we haven't got time to go through the whole thing, the whole book of Job is, is God allowing Satan to test Job. Now, why would God do that? Well, just like the Marines just said, God is looking for a few good men and women. He wants us to learn to overcome evil in our lives. You know, he could put the, an envelope of the Holy Spirit around each one of us so that no temptation should touch us and we'd be filled with the glory of God and filled with his presence and praise and never ever encounter the difficulties overcoming of this world. But God lets us go in, into temptation so that we can learn to grow in holiness, so that we can learn to overcome evil. That's part of his great plan. But, he, but Jesus once says, pray to the Father that he does not put us too, too, to a too difficult to test. You know, remember when the, Jesus prayed in Gethsemane and told Peter, I have prayed on your behalf that Satan does not test you too much. God allows this and, lead, and deliver us from evil. This is spiritual warfare. You and I, every day, we live our day-to-day -day life. But as St. Paul said, it's not flesh and blood that we war against, but the powers and principalities of the air. In other words, the demonic forces that are behind the scene, behind the curtain, and they're always out there trying to destroy us and to, and to destroy everything that we're doing. God wants us to spend some time praying in the name of Jesus. Say the prayer of St. Michael the Archangel. Pray the Our Father. Pray that Jesus, would, in, in, his, in his grace, would protect us from the evil assaults of Satan. So therefore, when, in conclusion, you have the Lord's Prayer is a paradigm. Every one of these, I think you get a hint that every single sentence here could be a talk unto itself. You've got a lot to think about, but here's the here's questions I'm going to leave you with. And the first one is, discuss your relationship with God. Going back to Abba Father. Is he Abba to you or Yahweh, the distant God, the judgmental God? And explain and share your experience with God as Abba or as Yahweh. Number two, Jesus is the Epiousius. It's the gift that he gave us by when he left how often do you go to daily Mass and receive him? Going to Mass once a week is great, but going to daily Mass will give you such spiritual power and nourishment. If you're really serious about building your faith and getting close to God, you need to receive the Epiousius. You need to have the spiritual bread, the super being, living in your life and transforming you. Talk about that. Talk about your experiences at going to daily Mass and what kind of, what's keeping you from doing it, what you can do to overcome that. It is certainly God's will that you should do it if you can. And finally, do you forgive the sins of others? 
Jesus says, judge not lest you be judged. By the measure you show mercy, so shall you receive mercy. So much of what we don't receive in the grace of God is because we ourselves hold a grudge, we hold on to our hurts, we hold on to our anger, we do not forgive. So I want you to discuss that, you know, overcome that problem in your life. If that, we all have it. So, you know, and every day I have to pray to God, help me, Lord, to overcome this sin, help me overcome my anger towards this individual, so forth and so on. God bless you all and have a great time together.